Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. And welcome to Turned Out a Punk Footnote Super Show. I am Damian Abraham, and with me is Chris O'Toole, your host with the most, as well as David Up and Dave Martin, the Daves, the the New Jersey by way of Texas, and uh, Pittsburgh by way of uh, Brooklyn contingent. Hello, everybody. Hello. 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 Welcome <laughs> back. This has been a long time. We haven't done one of these shows. So uh, how's everyone been? I'm doing all right. I can't complain. Good. Yeah. I, I could complain, but won't. I'm fine. <laughs> yeah, I've been saying I feel well, like I've hung out with all of you guys recently, you know? Like, uh, yeah. We, you've yeah. seen you've seen the Dave before me. That's true. Time. I haven't seen you, Chris, in a, lo- a minute, and we we actually live pretty close together. And we've been yeah. passing like ships in the night lately, but we have not hung out. But I have hung out um, with Dave and Dave in at, at at shows, no less. We were hanging out at punk rock shows. Yeah, yeah, and like real yeah. DIY kind of shows. You guys haven't had any more water park meetups or anything. No, we have not met up in any water park parking lots late at night. But right. coming up, Chris, in November, <laughs> hope you're free because uh, we got a family. Something came up on Groupon, so we will be coming out there. <laughs> Shout out. Sponsor the show. Shout out. Um, yeah, it wasn't actually yeah, Groupon. I don't think they're on Groupon. It was like some like deep, deep dark web discount coupon site that Lauren <laughs> signed up to that's like, that's like the... Uh, the secret, the only reason we're able to go to this water park hotel. You need to start doing like autograph signing sessions there. I think that would go over probably as well as the average fucked up autograph signing goes over at a festival, <laughs> which is not very well. But I think if you guys are podcasting there, you could probably write off the whole thing as a business expense. That'd be actually, <laughs> they did give us a room one time to podcast from. That, yeah. that legit is true. Yeah. That, that, uh, yeah. That was extremely hospitable of them, so I, I'm not going to throw any shade, which is why we haven't named it. No, but we will not. We will not throw say anything bad about them because it's definitely not. It's not cool. I can't pretend it's cool. It's a lot the of fun. The only, the only hint I'll give is that there is one in the neck of the woods, sort of, uh, as I learned recently of David Up. Oh, I think there's well. a lot of them. They're like they're well, like. I don't uh, know. There's definitely one somewhere in his his neck of the woods. I don't know. How many, but I remember describing it to uh, my manager uh, and friend, Brian Schwartz. And he's like, that sounds like my fucking hell. (laughs) 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 Like there's, there's moments where I'm like, Oh my God. I like, I I have not had, like, it feels like you're on a cruise ship kind of food's better than a cruise ship, but you know, it feels like the same sort of like, Oh wow. I am trapped inside. 
Have you gone on cruises? Uh, fuck the plate of cruise. Does that count though? Is it like like a multi day cruise? Yeah, or? yeah. It was it was like a, a cruise cruise. Like it was like, they called the Bruise Cruise, where they basically took over half of a cruise ship. Wait, only half of it? So le- like the other half? half? Uh, yeah, like it's it's wild. Like I would say less than half. I'd be like a quarter of the sh- cruise ship was was us, and the rest of it was just like normals. So it's like. So there's right now there's a podcast happening with people who are like, and then we were on that cruise and there was like, I don't know, like weird, smelly people. Yeah. (laughs) I look over and there's the guy from, uh, from the dead Kennedys uh, doing a lecture about how all the staff on the cruise ship are underpaid to a room of people that didn't look like they belonged on the ship. (laughs) Was it Klaus Floride? (laughs) (laughs) it was it was it was a very surreal experience the whole way through um and we actually didn't get to play on the boat we played in the bahamas at a establishment called senior froggies that is apparently (laughs) a a chain that is yeah there there was some here in the city that have since closed oh man is that a spot probably probably after after you guys played, they figured it wasn't going to get any better. And, yeah, <laughs> shut it down, shut it down. Yeah. Well, I realized that what they do is they, they interrupt your set uh, so they can do shots with the people in the crowd. <laughs> uh, they interrupt you. So, uh, But luckily, I got hip to this, and so I incorporated that into the set. But uh, it was amazing to watch like every other band get their set busted up and interrupted as these uh, people come across the stage to pour shots into people's mouths as they... Wait for the next song to start. I mean, why would you need to interrupt the set? Uh, I, that's what I did. I, that's why I just incorporated it into the set. But, you know, there were some bands that didn't know how to roll with the punches as well. I checked so, my wow. tooth that night, Dave. I was on another planet with uh, what I was drinking. I, I have a follow-up question about this. So did anyone actually play on the cruise ship, or it's just that the cruise ship took you to the venue? No, I saw a a unbelievable uh, set by King Khan and the Shrines that was just... Uh, nice. Which was just insane. And then the Dirt Bombs played, and it was incredible. Wow. That's a strange lineup. Yeah, it was, it, it was the Dirt Bombs... Uh, uh, Soft Moon, um, Us. It was Joe. the Vivian Girls, right? No, Vivian Girls did it, I think, the year before with the Black Lips. Oh, okay. Oh, uh, there was more than one year? Yeah, there were, I think there were three years. I think Mac <laughs> Marco did one, too. I am astounded by this. It was so much fun. It was really, it was really, you know, a, a wild time. Um, Karen O from the Yeah Yeahs was there, just hanging out. Like she wasn't performing or anything. She just just wanted to come on this. Just, wild she's just trip. cruising. Yeah, <laughs> she's, she's like, I'm a huge Froggy fan. I always go here for all my trips to go to the bar. Well, I, in my mind, she was just uh, she was like, I'm booking myself a cruise, and then she ended up. And she's like, oh, no, it's the Bruise Cruise. And then she had to hang no. out. So, that, yeah. so, so, like, to save face, she had to, like, hang out. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm down. Let's, I'm here for the shows. Uh, if, if she did, my gosh, that's brave soul because I would have – it was, like, not something, you know – actually, that's not true. It, it was an amazing time. I would love to do it again. Tom Sharpling was there. We had, I had a blast. 
I got okay. I got wasted. I got wasted. Well, it sounds like turned out a punk live on the Bruise Cruise is a thing that's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah if forward. it would, I if mean, they, I, I, you know, we just got a, a festival offer in Germany. So pack your bags, guys. Fine, we. <laughs> well, we're all going to go. If I'm if I'm going to Germany, I'm not going solo. Uh, what part of Germany? Uh, Hamburg. Okay, yeah, not right. bad, not bad. So we'll, we'll start there. And we'll just that, we'll, that's a real place. It's, it seems like it's a legitimate offer. Yeah, it's a legit offer. Don't worry. We'll we'll start there. We'll go out and we'll tour out from there. You know, isn't that where Crypt is now located? Crypt Records. Uh, yeah. Oh, maybe. Yeah, I think. I think, yeah. I think it is. Yeah, somewhere in Germany. So yeah, get in touch. Book book us. Book us on a cruise. You know, book us <laughs> on a podcast uh, cruise with other podcasts. <laughs> that does not sound like fun. <laughs> no, it does not at all. Um, you know, unless it was wrestling podcast, then I'd love it. Yeah, but that'd be yeah. I mean, I don't know if we're ready to, to join the foreign language wrestling podcast market <laughs> yet. Yet, yeah, yet. Um, but anyway, I just uh, got back from a, a tour, a trip out to New Zealand in Australia. Um, bought myself a lot of records. I don't know about yourselves, but uh, I thought it'd be fun if we could all get on and kind of like just do a breakdown of new stuff we've been into, stuff we've been up to. And uh, stuff we've heard on the podcast in recent episodes that we were uh, thought would be interesting to discuss. Sounds good. All right. So I, I guess I didn't actually ask what we were going to do on this episode, so I figured <laughs> I'd see what happens. I don't yeah. think anyone's prepped for this at all. I, I all right, good. like I think it's better that way, right? Because if we were prepped for it, we'd we'd have like all sorts of expectations. I thought we could also do all the part twos that have come up because we did not tackle a single part two. Uh, Chris and I, but there's been quite a lot of part twos recently, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Since we did the super show, we kind of were on a run of them. We had, uh, uh, George Pettit come back, Chris Hanna come back for a part two, John Worcester come back for a part two, uh, Darby Allen. So we get to talk about everyone's beloved wrestling, come back for a part two and, and John Joseph make his part three return to the show. How is Darby Allen a part two? I don't remember there being part one. He's part one. He's on the, uh, the Punk the, Wrestling Connection. The big episode. wrestling connection one. Yeah. Which is like, if you like, this week on the show, Anthony from Ceremony's on, right? This episode. And the first Anthony from Ceremony episode is on that Punk Wrestling one. He tells some incredible stories on that first wrestling episode. Yeah, but I don't know. But yeah, but I feel like this one seemed more like an actual part one. Yeah, that's what, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. The titular question, the whole thing, you know. That was my point, Dave. Yes, thank you. Yeah, you reiterated perfectly. Yeah, yeah. No, it's a true part <laughs> one, like compared to the uh, the first one. The fr- time that he was on before, it's only wrestling. Mm-hmm. That's why I think you know the wrestling stuff. I can almost make it a separate thing. You know, it doesn't need to be on the turnout of punk thing. I'm realized now. You know, as I'm moving <laughs> further away from, you know, the the wrestling is my life, part of my life, and into wrestling just being a, a, a an obsession again, uh, I don't need to force it down people's throat as much. There's like a lot of episodes of Turn It to Punk where the person is clearly not into wrestling, but I almost make it my mission to f- make them a fan of wrestling. <laughs> 
No, but, never. But has have you gotten a lot of people that come back to it, like where they're just like, you know, you kind of got me thinking about wrestling, and now I'm. Oh yeah, under wrestling. Oh yeah, my my biggest success story in that regard is is uh, well, there's been actually a couple. You know, there's been a couple people that have come back to me and been like, I'm back in. You know, you got me, you got me back in love with wrestling, and now I'm like committed to it again. You know, so so it has worked. You know, it's it's just I just need to get the right sort of susceptible person to it at the right time. You know, yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm trying. To I do. guess yeah, yeah. Just like a, a a grooming type situation where they're at that point where they're low enough, and then that, now they'll they'll just get they're susceptible. That's a, that's a super cool way to describe it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, it'd be like, it's like, it's like basically the lyrics to liar, but like about wrestling. Yeah. You'll suck your mind out. You'll eat yeah. your soul or whatever. And then yeah. you meet me. Yeah. And everything I tell you about wrestling is everything you ever wanted to hear about wrestling. Yeah. And you let me in. That song's like, for a, that's got to be the hardest lyrics for a popular song ever, like a mainstream popular song, maybe copy. Uh, but that wasn't like a pop. Well, I mean, liar was a big. I mean, it's one of those like infamous first famous kind of debates. Yeah, yeah. Like I guess, okay, like we're talking like songs that were nominated for a Grammy. That's probably harder than any Metallica lyrics. Yeah, oh, yeah. I don't know, man. Off to Never Neverland. I don't know. Pretty hard. <laughs> yeah, I mean. <laughs> Fuel and fire, what you desire and whatnot. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, there's some. The thing that sucks is that that's a, a whole other door to open to, like, like because I mean, if you really want to get down to it, like, th- this is just going to take off. Like, this could be anyone talking right now. But uh, like, there's some like Everclear lyrics that were like kind of fucked up. Yeah, and it's like this is a song that I've heard. Like, full disclosure. My knowledge of this Everclear song is from working at a, uh, a retail job, and they just played the radio, and they just so you just hear the same songs over and over again. So I heard "Father of Mine" like twice a shift while I worked that job. I'm like, yeah, these these lyrics are are really depressing and dark. Like they're like suicidal tendencies, third album type lyrics, but it's like a song they're playing on WDHA. <laughs> Do you remember that song, "Heroin Girl"? No. no. Oh my God. That song's hard. That's like, honestly, it sounds like a suicidal, like if suicidal tendencies was like a nineties post Nirvana cash and grunge band, it would sound like this. Wait, it's heroin girl, uh, an Everclear song. Yeah. It's off the first okay. record, but it's like kind of hard and it's like kind of <laughs> got like a spoken word kind of intro to it. <laughs> that dude came up in a, in a conversation recently and I heard he was, was not, not, Nice. I I heard I yeah maybe did I tell you the story? I heard a story one time that he like fired is I heard this from a member of the band crew. That allegedly, allegedly, they were fired by hearing about them being fired on the radio. <laughs> oh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's a, something you can. I mean, that's something you could really like attain to. You know, hope to come to with fucked up at some point. Yo, that would be well. We don't have any crew. I probably want. Uh, they're probably going to fire me on the radio. Yeah. <laughs> they're like, they're going to go on like, they're going to go on like live audio wrestling or sorry, post wrestling and be like, Damien, we know you're going to hear this here. 
uh, we want you to know you're out of fucked up. Uh, <laughs> I mean, but if they cut a promo of it, you know, then you couldn't be mad about no, that. No, I wouldn't be mad at all. Yeah. If, went, if they went to the end to get on my favorite wrestling podcast and tell me I was fired from the band, I couldn't be mad at them. Yeah. I'd be like, all I right. you were just saying in general. That's what made me laugh. Sorry, I misunderstood. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah but they, they did that. Oh, by the way, um, I've now been listening to Everclear Heroin Girl in the background, and mm-hmm. it opens with a super sick palm mute part where it's just like. <laughs> palm muting and then goes into like weird harmonics and he's wearing a CD character shirt, the sketchiest record label imaginable. More than, uh, regurgitated semen. Well, regurgitated <laughs> semen from the, all looks of it no. seems to be a straight up label. Yeah. yeah. The thing that's sketchy, I get it. Like, you know, maybe CD characters is kind of like, you know, and I don't actually, I don't know. Allegedly. Once again, I know they kind of made it impossible for subhumans to reissue their record. Allegedly. <laughs> Canadian subhumans I assume we're speaking of? Oh, this song's sick. <laughs> I just want to publicly acknowledge that I do not accept this, that assessment of any Everclear song. So what do you want to go with, Chris? Yeah. Oh, I'm down with the discussion, but I'm not down with saying it's sick. No, I mean, that's why I was really trying to like put a caveat that I'm not like, like I'm not putting on Everclear on purpose. I'm just oh, saying. No, like, I just love that Damien's deep diving Everclear in the background. <laughs> yeah, I'm just. I'm. I. He also has some sort of like punk connection too. The uh, Art Alexia is that his name? See, that sounds right. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't. Has dyed blonde hair. That's all. Dude, I their first record came out on Tim Kerr Records. Yeah, I remember we did touch on this before. I believe. <laughs> Even Sparkle and Fade has a Tim Kerr credit on it. So this is now like an Everclear podcast. Yeah. I mean, I guess Tristan's got his work cut out for him now. (laughs) (laughs) I heard that Tim Kerr had no... Nothing to do with the label? Yes. Oh, yeah, no, no, he'll repeatedly tell you that he has nothing to do with the label. Yeah, it's a different Tim Kerr. Yeah, it's not... It's not... Not big boys. It's it's some guy named Thor... um, I don't believe his name is Tim Kerr at all. No, there's Thor <laughs> Lindsay, and then there's apparently another guy also named Tim Kerr who has a credit on the William Burroughs Gus Van Sant uh, The Elvis of Letters record. <laughs> Isn't hmm. the label based out of the Pacific Northwest? It is Portland. Portland. Portland-based, yes. Yeah. But it had so two addresses. But one's just a P.O. box. It came Because it came up because we were talking about it at one previous one because there's is the... The pajama party came out on that rec- on that label. Yeah, like, I believe it? so. Yeah. yeah, it came up in the past, and I remember because we at least I I misunderstood what you guys are sort of getting at now. I always assumed it had to do with the big boys, but it doesn't. They put out yeah, some that's... like big name artists. Like they did a John Fahey record. They did like a they did the William Burroughs Kurt Cobain split CD or that collaboration CD. Hmm. Dandy Warhols. The, priest, the, the priest they called him. You're talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I had that as a kid. No, my friend had it as a kid. That's where I remember hearing it as a kid. Wait, do, do you have the uh, Poison Idea uh, and Ray and Glover split uh, cassette on Tim Kerr? No, but I do have the picture disc and the non-picture disc version. <laughs> of course. But no, I do not have the tape. I was looking at that earlier. Also, I would like this Wipers. Uh, oh, this is the... I think this is the... Um, Oh no! There's a wiper test press for something that never came out. 
Oh, okay. Didn't they do that uh, Wipers Covers box? They did. Yeah, that's that's a that's painful. That box is amazing. <laughs> that box is like that's a that's a pull the curtain back moment on Nirvana. Like Nirvana covering the Wipers, you're like, oh shit, they just lifted this band's sound. Mm. Yeah, I, I, mean, I don't know. You don't think I'm, that? You don't think that? I, I it's hard to say. I, I, I know I don't think that. To me, they don't sound anything like uh, the Wipers. Um, what? But I, I had Wipers records before I had Nirvana records, so. Yeah, I'm not saying um, the Wipers are, are, are like influenced by Nirvana. I'm saying Nirvana is very influenced by the Wipers. Well, yeah, but I don't think they sounded like them that much. When you, when they do Return of the Rat? Nah, that's But yeah, that's just a cover. But like, and, when you hear it, you're like, oh, that kind of like soft, quiet. Or Dimension 7, that song, you really hear it for me. Okay, yeah. Hmm. And I remember, and I and I think it's even on the episode with the Melvins. Buzz says he talks about bringing Kurt to see them, and just how Kurt's mind was blown after that. Well, I believe that. There, just force you into submission with that. Yeah. <laughs> Beat you down with my answer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they also did the Peter Lofner box set, or the Peter Lofner, sorry, CD. Well, yeah, it was a double LP and a CD, um, which I believe is still not like that uh, five LP box came out. But there's not a ton of duplication between the two. Wow, that's wild. There's that much stuff just waiting. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it's it's pretty hardcore. I mean, it's not, uh, you know, like the double LP is... is um, is like a proper record in comparison to the box. What does the box mean? Is it just like live stuff or demos? Um, it's it's like all sorts of live on the radio, some live, uh, you know, live at clubs, and then home recorded stuff. It's uh, um, it's pretty extensive. Yeah, and you know, I mean, I, I it's you know, you kind of know if you're the person who needs it. Like if you, you know, it'd be hard to think of like. Besides somebody who's like never heard of Peter Lofner before, like I would think everyone who's heard him at all, like either knows if they need this thing or not. <sighs> like a Merzbox type situation. <laughs> yeah, b- b- very much so. Yeah. So my new podcast, I'm going to <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you go through the Peter Lofner box set. Yeah, it's only five uh, the, the ghost of Peter Lofner was very upset and does not want me to continue. <laughs> I want to do. I've, I've been trying to get. I want Dave Martin and I to do a spinoff podcast called "As the Nun Flies," and it'll be a flying nun podcast. I do it. And every episode is just looking at a different flying nun record. Do you want to just do songs? For, I think a full I think podcast a whole record. Song. You know, have you, this. This honestly, guys, this book, the Shane Carter book, has changed my fucking life. This book, it's incredible. This thing. What is Spoiler it called? Alert. It's got wrestling in it. It has oh, wrestling in it. Uh, what is it called? Dead people I have known. Dead people I have known. Okay. Yeah, and let me like, and here's the thing: I think it's it's like, you know, it's just there's just so much, like the New Zealand stuff uh, is just so much bigger than just flying nun, obviously, but there's just so much stuff that came out of there. But there's just so much musical history and. And, and tragedy and triumph and like all this stuff that I just had no idea about. And this book is really kind of opening my eyes to a lot of that stuff for the first time. And it, oh, 
I'm, it's it's a fantastic book. I strongly recommend picking it up. And shout out to my friend Sam at Double J who gave me his copy, and I've read it, you know, voraciously ever since. Nice. Yeah. You you had mentioned to me briefly uh, once, so I, I've, and then I think publicly you even put something up about it. I think. Well, because when I saw the wrestling thing, I had to. When he talks about <laughs> fucking wrestling, like. Oh my God! Wrestling influenced the straitjacket fits and the double happies. Like that is that's like a that's like another smoking gun in my uh, arsenal of of arguments about the punk you know the punk wrestling connection, Chris. And you've seen sure. you've seen me have to bust out these arrows from the arsenal before, you know. I have. I've I had have to slay indeed. some uh, punk rock giants with them. <laughs> if that's your if that is your uh takeaway from that exchange sure yeah <laughs> that's what i saw that's what you saw too right if part if part i guess part one but unofficial part two happens and it's just the debate of skateboarding versus wrestling with that individual I, that'll be very amusing to me um well i think it, it could it's probably more likely than him coming on turn into punk i think so um, but we will leave it at that for now. Uh, the, uh, 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 actually, sorry, is there something else that anyone wanted to get to? Uh, we, we didn't start yet, right? What, I don't remember how, how this <laughs> all started. I don't think we've started yet. Have we started we've yet? We've got to get, what, what other Everclear points do we want to get out? Oh yeah, that's the, how we got uh, to that. <laughs> uh, that song, I, I stand by that song, Heroin Girl. Oh, we didn't actually get to the, uh, we got sucked into the Tim Kerr thing. That's and then that somehow yeah, got to, yeah, I don't remember. God, and I'm the only one on weed right now. Like, I don't, I don't know why you guys keep getting lost in this stuff. I, I had a, a mate at 8 p.m. because I'm like, well, I guess I better stay awake. Um, <laughs> here we are. Here we are. Okay, okay. Got to keep our A game up so I can just pull out referencing Everclear from a job I had in 2000. Dude, look where it brought us. Oh, and he, he was in a band called The Easy Hose, who, get this, were on Shindig Records, which he ran. The Everclear person? Yeah. And well, they... clearly, Tristan, if you're listening, get on the phone. Yeah. Part one needs to happen, clearly. Well, he put out a comp that has literally no bands I've ever heard of. I want to look up. Uh, yeah. I'm just going to Google right now Everclear Wrestling, and then we're going to solidify this right now. Um, no one has used their theme song. Someone must have used an Everclear song. Well, like, what would you come out to Everclear? What song? I don't know. I mean, this have... whole match is going to be wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, I feel like you need it, you know. Mind you, there's wrestlers that come out to Teenage Dirtbag. And there's yeah, wrestlers that come out to the final countdown. Like you can make your music, but yeah, you know, maybe I'm going to come out to Heroin Girl. That would be my interest. <laughs> I used to know yeah, a girl. I, I've heard a lot of podcasts that like dip their toe into wrestling. Ask what you you know what what you'd walk out to. But yeah, I've, I've yet to hear anyone reference Everclear. Yeah, like I used to know a girl. She had two pierced nipples and a black tattoo. We love that Mexican beer. We lived on Mexican food. And then I'd come out, I wish I could go back. And that's when I come through the curtain. Back in time. Okay. I'm, I got this in my, this is another idea. All right. 
<laughs> it's all planned out now. Well, to uh, to put a slight damper on our uh, fun we're having, there is uh, some news that broke fairly recently where uh, he has come upon some very, very bad health uh, news, the gentleman we're discussing. So I won um, the same article, Chris. And I was just like, <laughs> yeah, oh, well, Poor. yeah. Well, so it's unfortunate either way. I'm sorry to hear that. That is definitely uh, unfortunate to hear. Um, Wait, I have to feel bad about the guy from Everclear now? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Okay. It's a bummer. Well, let's uh, awkwardly transition to something else. Uh, <laughs> Chris, uh, what have you been listening to lately? Um, well... Funny you should ask, I was trying to sort of get into queuing up this new Kanye West, which is not at all punk, but uh, and I, I got sidetracked, so I haven't done it yet, but very curious to hear that, which I'm sure none of you are very interested in. I think I want to hear more about that Chick-fil-A line. I haven't heard anything about it. I just know the title of the record, so I'm like, obviously I'm, I'm intrigued. He's got but, some, uh, there's a line about Chick-fil-A being closed on some Sundays and how... Uh, Number two is his combo with a lemonade. <laughs> well, I'm even more intrigued now. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I got like a push notification about that for some reason. Like, oh, Kanye West reference. Uh, why would I? Yeah, <laughs> this is not a, a, a buzz that I need to get in my pocket. <laughs> I heard someone today was like, uh, someone, I don't know, it was maybe yourself, Chris. Someone said that Kanye West is the Morrissey of hip hop. I didn't say that, but that's very good, and I, yeah. I I love them both, so that makes perfect sense to me. But yeah, it definitely, um, you know, someone who at this point is just pushing buttons, you know. Yeah, they're they're definitely. I would say though, Kanye's a little uh, is still sort of in the more the prime of his career. This would be that's his true. like your your arsenal rather than his uh, low in high school, if you will. You think he's in the prime of his career? Like not prime, thing- not prime, but he's definitely not like where Morrissey is, as opposed to where Kanye is. He's, I mean, age age aside, the obvious age aside, you know, twenty year difference. But like, yeah, yeah career wise, I think Kanye's midpoint. I think Morrissey's in his twilight years. Well, yeah, but he's also been active longer. Like, yeah, I don't I mean, feel like doing the math have- to figure out where where Kanye from Jump is versus where Morrissey was at this year in his career. I bet Kanye was around though as a producer for a good five or six years before he blew up as a as a rapper. Yeah, right. I mean so- it's it's the yeah exactly, but it's just this is a funny debate anyway. But yeah, it's just <laughs> I, I feel like this is like the your arsenal years of of Kanye right now, like. Like kind of just coming out of that. Maybe this is actually this is the Vauxhall and I of Kanye right now. So this is like late nineties era Morrissey. But Kanye's okay. been saying ridiculous shit longer than Morrissey has. Oh, yeah, Morrissey arguably, was saying pretty ridiculous no, shit. No, 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 yeah. Yeah, I think I yeah, I think I'm with Damien on this. Yeah, All right. he, I think Dave Martin even back us up on this one. Uh, I'm not getting into this. I it's like no. <laughs> No, <laughs> uh, won't even won't even approach it. You know. Either way, yeah. yes, it's he's been saying inflammatory stuff for many years. Not quite as inflammatory as recently, but yeah, it's always sort of been there. And like, yeah, like he, uh, it's just there's just so many artists that you know when when you decide to ride with them, you decide to like them, 
you, you just, you're going to be like, well, I'm just going to have to look past a ton of shit. Like, you know, if you're like a Gigi Allen collector, you're, you're like, you're not acknowledging. You're going to have to look past literal shit. Yeah. Literal yeah. shit, literal <laughs> shit. And then, and some stuff that's worse than him literally shitting on stage, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. And you're just like, well, I'm going to be looking past this because there's something about bite it, you scum that I have to listen to no matter what. Um, a person at my work uh, was somewhere and they're like, oh, yeah. And I was at this store and they had uh, they had multiple records by that guy with the initials. And I'm like, I, I need more information than that. <laughs> they're like, you're like, they're HR? like, they're like, oh, but it was like rock. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I need more. Uh it was a punk guy. I'm like, Gigi Allen? She's like, yeah. I was like, and then the, 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 like my other coworkers are like, how did you know what she was talking about? I'm like, I, I, I don't know. I just got there. I got there real fast for someone referenced Gigi Allen very, very loosely. What records were they? Like old ones? They were LPs. I don't know. Asking for a friend. I, mean, I, I, I definitely wasn't getting Did she buy them? No, she was just impressed that they had them. So you're saying they're still okay. there? Yeah, but it's in Marfa, Texas. So you're saying, and like, go to Marfa, Texas tomorrow. I, just, uh, I mean, I, th- for the listener at home, uh, I know that they were the, the property of the husband of the store owner. That just happened. That's like what the records they had at work to listen to, not what? for sale. <laughs> what kind of job <laughs> is this? They were listening to Gigi Allen at work. Uh, vintage clothing store. Okay. That's yeah, a just, wild. Like, can you imagine putting that record on just in your store, like a random retail establishment? <laughs> no, um, no, it's not not really high on my list. But you know, have I ever told you guys? I, about, I don't. I don't own a store. Did I ever tell you guys about the weirdest shit I've ever done? Where, uh, um, well, that was, that was, that maybe I should qualify that. One of the weirdest things I've ever done was <laughs> we're filming one of the first Vice Weed documentaries, and we go over to this grow, and we're hanging out in this grow. In, uh, you know, just like a weed grow with like normal people, well, like weed people, but normal people. And, uh, we're just watching YouTube videos, you know, and it's like, it's like a, a mixed, mixed room of people, you know, and we're just watching mm-hmm. random YouTube videos. And all of a sudden I'm like, have you guys seen hated? And they're like, <laughs> no, what's that? I'm like, oh, it's a movie about this guy named Gigi Allen. And they're like, who's Gigi Allen? And I'm like, oh, he's just like kind of the most extreme performer of all time. And they're like, oh, put it on. And I put it on. And it's just like I'm looking around the room about halfway through like, oh, my God. Like, like if you're not prepared for this, it's it just it's it'll fuck you up. <laughs> yeah, it, it's definitely like a probably a, a divisive film to put on at a party. People left. People left. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. People that did not want to. That hang. seems about right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, do you like that movie, Old School? Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what I said. <laughs> well, uh, you know what? The uh, we're gonna make a shirt for Turned Out of Punk footnotes. Chris and I decided that it's gonna just say from the director of Hated in the Joker font. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I back that idea. Um, I do think we should digress really quick because we got off a punk thing. I feel like there are new punk things to discuss that aren't Gigi Allen related. Um, I feel like there's new records. Dave Martin or Dave David Up, have you stumbled across new punk rock related things sonically? Sure. Do you want me to try to go uh, to your own backyard? Our own backyard? 
Like yeah. it's from Canada? Sure. Uh, aren't Millspec from Canada? Yes, correct. They, yeah. They had a they have an, like a new I guess th- thing on Spotify as a teaser for their next record that Yeah. Yeah. That I, I listened to that uh last like a few days ago, I want to say. Pretty yeah, recently. Good, good call. I'm bad at remembering things. Yeah, that's going to be I think coming out and locking out as well if I'm not mistaken. I uh, think I might like changes more, but I I still thought this song was cool and I'm interested to hear the new record yeah good band i like mill spec pals oh mine yeah very, right so uh, i figured work very you big in. Fan. no no good call i i actually got the uh i slept on they give me a leak of the lp but i haven't uh i hadn't had time to get it yet so i'm gonna get on that that's my reminder at least one yeah. of us is is interested in it you know i'm i'm trying <laughs> australia right now i've heard that single i haven't heard the, the lp <laughs> When I was in Australia, there's like there's like literally like tons of new bands. Like we've been there a few times over the years, and you know there's always like new bands happening and new scenes. But it feels like there's been like a new kind of explosion of bands, and yeah. and it's all kind of like getting really popular, and it's it's all sort of punk indebted, punk derived, or or, or punk, you know, in, in some form kind of music. But it's like beach punky. Mm-hmm. And surf punky, but there's this band, um, uh, the Wax. This band Skeggs. This band the Chabs Chats Chats. I think the Chats. Yeah, they have that song. That they have a hit. They have a hit. Yeah, they have a fucking yeah. huge hit. And there's like there's like a whole scene of bands that are kind of like this, and it's yeah. it's all over. Like it doesn't seem to be very set to one city at least there's like a smattering of these types of bands all over the place and it really feels like they're they all know each other you know like we're meeting all these bands in all different places and they're like oh i know that i know them i know them and uh yeah like it's cool like it felt it was exciting because i haven't you know seen something like that happen in a, in a while cool like where, where it crosses over to kind of a mainstream success too mm-hmm. well that's cool yeah. Like, so are they like, what would you say? Like, what is that? Like that song that you said is big from the chats or whatever. What style? Like, where are they like? Like, and the like a- chats are like the children of uh, the cosmic psychos. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's the thing also, like, that was wild about Not Australia. literally. I mean, they could be, but I don't they, think they get what you mean. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 No, I think they're from like, they're from like a real, uh, and this is what the term people use to describe it to me bogan town. Like, uh, they're like real, like, it's not like a shtick. Like those are those dudes and that's actually what they're like, apparently. Um, gotcha. and, and, uh, but it's, it's funny cause we're talking about this. I was talking about it with the people at vicious sloth. Also, that is one of the best record stores in the fucking world. And they've got a lot of my money, uh, again, <laughs> you know, like I'm voting with my dollars every time. Um, but they, I was talking to them about it and it's almost, it must be because of like ACDC or like, I was trying to think like, what is the thing that runs through Australian like rock music that makes it all kind of killer, you know, like even like midnight oil, you know, for like a mainstream band is kind of killer, you know, in excess, I've never heard in excess of some killer. I don't know if I've heard a second midnight oil song. Really? <laughs> yeah, I think I just know the one. They've got some songs. They got some. They got some hits, and they were around for like a long time. And also, like Australia is weird. There's just like so many like 
sub scenes and little pop up scenes like like there's this whole like you know it's obviously the Sharpie Rock stuff which is all like disco kind of dressing tough skinhead people that love glam music but then there's also this other scene of bands that are like more kind of hippie bands that they called head bands because they all smoked weed and mm-hmm. stuff there's just like so many cool little scenes and I don't know I, I love going there I learned so much about music every time yeah I mean I, I've never been over there I'd love to go it's just it's extremely far it's far it is fucking yeah, far fair. it I like I flew back and it was like 29 hours wow speaking yeah. speaking of that country isn't that uh, that band power from Australia or are they from the, New Zealand they're thinking. from uh, Australia Australia because they don't they have something new as well I haven't heard there's a new seven inch um, I want to say it's on feel it I don't know if no that's no correct. I've got it right here one second Feel it's done some cool stuff though. Is that actually based out of out of there or no? Or is that like a, a label? No, no, they're like from they're from somewhere in the United States of America. Oh, okay, they're just putting out stuff, yeah. That Surprisingly, power, it seems like there's more than one. I got a lot of records. Yeah, yeah. I got a lot of records there, but it's it's uh it's the brand new seven inch on Cool Death. Yeah, Cool Death. Or no, yeah, because that um. That whatever twelve inch or LP, whatever you would want to consider that first one is is great. So I'm curious to hear that one. Yeah, the single, the new single is amazing. Um, I got like there's so many, there's so many cool like, I don't know like also and then going to New Zealand also finding like a whole other group of like incredible bands there. Um, uh, the single I was thinking of is the Fool. Yeah, the Fool. and it is it is on Feel It. Yes. Oh, it's also on Cool Death. So it's probably domestically, uh-huh. it's on Cool Death and Feel It over here. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Nice. I got to hear it, yeah. Um, well, you should come over, Chris. Listen to records. I, one day, yes, I will. Actually, to sidebar very quickly from Australia here, um, the new Ancient Shapes is out, and that's very good, which is our mutual pal, Damien and I, Mr. Danny Romano. And it's called The Flower That Wouldn't Bloom. It's great. just came out on You've Changed, and it's very, like, you know, uh, I don't know, punk-inspired power pop, if you will, dare I say. Also, the Ceremony's got a new record out that's fantastic. Um, Homies Chastity have a new record out that's really good. Uh, what's Simon Doom's new band? I heard a song yesterday that was killer. They've got a new video out for it, too. Spiral Heads? Yeah, Spiral Heads. Yeah, it's a good song. Um, that I haven't. Awesome. Have they released any other songs besides just the one? Uh, I think there was something a while ago, but I think it's that one song though. Yeah, I've I've heard the one song. It's a good. It's a good song. Oh yeah, it's, a, good, it's a. I love. I'm a big fan of it. Um, big fan of the of the band. So, um, but there's like, yeah, it feels like. I don't know, maybe it's just because I wasn't paying a lot of attention the last few years, and maybe I missed out on, like, a shit ton of incredible things, but it feels like there's just, like, a ton of good stuff coming out now. Um, I went to see that band, Regional Justice Center, mm-hmm. like, last week, as far as uh, another, like, band that, like, did a record in 2019 that um, that's, like... You know, it's, it's power violence, but, it, you know, it's done well, and I think it's it was they were good live when I watched them. No, I, lo- I love that band Cell Rot. Um, that band Army that played the other day mm-hmm. uh, was real cool. Um, 
uh, oh, there's a new ceremony. The, oh, we talked about the ceremony record. Uh, yeah. I don't think what else I picked up recently. The new stuff. There's like a bunch that of... Band, that band Scourge that also played that army show are playing tomorrow with the inmates. So I'll be at that. Inmates. Nice. Yeah. That's cool. They made it down there. Yeah. Inmates rule. Inmates, I, I bet you they played Austin probably second most after Cleveland. No, I don't know. I mean, I don't know that they played. I don't know if they played here in the last ten years. But Timmy would bring them down. They must have played yeah. there at least three times for various Timmy fests. Mm-hmm. I think I only saw them once, and it was before I lived here. I saw them not down. I saw there. them in Brooklyn. I saw them in uh, in Virginia at at one of the um, oh No Way Out fests. Mm-hmm. We played. Oh, I think I saw him there as well. It was a that was a wild show. <laughs> Very like, uh, it's funny because like, um, uh, I just actually got Paul's new record that I was going to be listening to in a second. Like his his kind of like psyche band that he did mm-hmm. recently. So I will. I'm stoked to listen to it. I like the Wolf Downers. That was a sick record too. I don't know if I've heard that, that one. Yeah, what is that? Wolf Downers was Paul from the Inmates, and it was on Painkiller, or it was on uh, Parts Unknown, I think. I don't know that one. You don't remember that? No. Mm-mm. It was. It was. Uh, it's been a while since I listened to it. It's got terrible looking art. <laughs> that like, sounds right. Like really, <laughs> I don't know. I thought all those. I thought all those old records looked really sick, but you know. Yeah, Wolf It Down is the name of the record. <laughs> um, as far as uh, in the, the world of Dave Martin, there, I I enjoyed the new Dive record. Oh, there you go. Uh, as far as things that are new. Dive's on tour uh, with Chastity right now, too, I think. Right, yeah. I just saw them last night. I haven't... Uh, I. Dave, have you begun? So, so sidebar. I was just going to say I haven't started this, but Dave, have you started? Mr. Martin, for listeners who aren't aware, also is very, very keen on the end of year lists. Um, uh, have you begun your task on that yet, or no? Uh, only in my head, not actually quite on paper. But I have started to think about it a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've yeah. same, but we have a couple months, so I wanted to wait to let stuff kind of slide in before the deadline. Yeah. You're like fucked up tragically hip cover. Number yeah. one. <laughs> yep. Did that happen in twenty nineteen? Uh only in Australia. Oh, oh so that's your Australian seven inch? Yeah, we do the Australian single for uh don't worry, I got ones for you guys. Nice. But there's um but yeah, no, there's that's the only thing I've done in a long time. <laughs> You know, I feel like starting a new band though. That's my my new my new goal of next year. Yeah, start there you go. start a new thing. Start something fun and new and and exciting and and fun. Did I mention <laughs> it's going to be fun? Yeah. Uh, and that's how we know you're serious. That's how you know I'm serious. You know. So I guess we should also say, like, Jonah must have some new record out in some capacity. I'm trying to think if there's any Jonah. You know, game. That. Well, it's a game. New, yeah, there is a new game, seven inches, right? And and Jonah plays on that new Thurston Moore 
record. Yes, he that's does. Right. That's right. It's uh, the, uh, and I what think is that record that, is Elaborate. great. It is Elaborate. a three CD box set. It's called Spirit Council. Um, and the uh, two of the two of the uh, CDs, it's just, they're like hour long tracks. And then the other CD is like a half an hour long track. Um, uh, crazy large guitar ensemble, sort of, you know, in the spirit of Glenn Branca, uh, at least the, for the Jonah track. That, um, and it's great. I, I was super into it. I've listened to it a ton. So Jonah's got I, amazing stories from that um, recording session or that yeah. performance. Guitar yeah. ensemble. Like, it seems like it was quite the quite the crew of guitarists like everyone from like punk legends to children of music legends to like a real a real mixed bag yeah wow and just and just looking at this i can't imagine i can't imagine recording a 55 minute song <laughs> <laughs> it seems like it'd be awful <laughs> i don't think you'd have to do it in one you know Full disclosure, yeah. Fucked Up's next year of thing is an hour, Year of the Horse is a one hour song. Wow. So, yeah, I, I hope you, you're, you're going to have to punch in on that one, I think. Yeah, well, I'm definitely, <laughs> you know, I'll probably sing on like, you know, 20 minutes of it or like five minutes of it. Yeah. The question is, is this your decline, though? Well, I think we, you know, you mean as a band? I think our, we've been in that decline for a number of years at this point. No, I'm speaking. I'm obviously speaking of the no effects decline standard upon which you hold long songs to. Oh, well, we. I think we. I think you're the pig was our decline. This is definitely our like so long. Thanks for all the shoes or <laughs> Franco and American or something at this point. <laughs> Um, the I'm listening to the No Effects audiobook right now because I'm going to be having uh, an interview coming up with a member of No Effects, uh, and it is holy god, that's an insane audiobook if you've not heard it. I have not heard it. Whoosh! Just, I'm surprised at people with that statement there. It is. It, you, you should hear it, buddy. It is like you know. It is. It is not like, and it's not tawdry. It's not like Motley Crue the Dirt or something, right? Like it's, it's just like really gritty. Like, I don't know if you're gonna hear a more honest kind of music book because mm. it's not flattering. You know, most people what, when they write a book, it? they try and make who, it a little flattering. Like, who wrote it? Is it collectively? They like they they all do. Like the audiobook is cool because they each read their section, but it seems like they all they trade off chapters. And what what is it called? What's the title of this thing? Uh, uh like hepatitis bathtub, I think it's called. <laughs> gotcha. Okay, <laughs> I'm just thinking for people that want to track it down. Obviously, I guess you could Google no effect with a name like that. Who doesn't want to track it down? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure that'll be hepatitis bathtub one. Uh, yeah. when I get the disco. <laughs> <laughs> I just like how we got that that quickly from the Thurston Moore Spirit Council. <laughs> I'm sure Thurston would be really happy with that as well. To like three steps. That was my fault. Yeah. I, I made a decline <laughs> joke. It all goes they, back they, to no effects, guys. Yeah. There's another record that I'm uh, that that Gong 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 record. I've listened to that a lot lately. I don't know what elaborate on this. This one's well. They're a duo based yeah. in Beijing, um, 
And the one of the guys was in that band, the, the Offset spectacles or I mean, it's hard to say if that was their whole name or if their name was the offset and spectacles was the name of their record okay um came out about five six years ago um but it's great it's kind of um uh it's just a guitar and bass uh you know surfy fuzzy guitars uh nice. all, all the singing is in uh one of those chinese dialects i'm gonna if I say one, I'm sure it'll be wrong. So maybe yeah. Mandarin. I, Mandarin. I, I don't know. Yeah, but not like it. Like like it would matter to me. Um, yeah, you're you know. more of a Cantonese kind of guy. <laughs> exactly. That's what I was. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a great record. Super super good. Um, so Gong 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 is the artist. Yes. Yeah. And it's what's the title of the record or whatever? It's just self titled. Uh, no, it's called Phantom Rhythm. Phantom Rhythm. Cool. Yeah. Check so. that out. Nice. Yeah. Um. Awesome. Yeah. No. I, I. When we were in China, I picked up like a bunch of CDs, and it was it was like. I'm trying to remember, Carsick Car. Oh yeah, that, they're like they're like a huge band in a way. Like they've been around for a long time. Yeah, they were their stuff was fantastic. Like, they were around when we were there, and that must have been well, that's well over ten years ago now. That we we toured over there, and it was. Um, but yeah, it was all CDs at that point. I picked up a seven inch by one band, but it was also it felt like very much like different cities had completely different kind of like music scenes, taste wise, and and Beijing kind of had the most sort of diverse scene. Like there was a band we played with that was like very much like you know street punky, and then we played with uh, Speak, I think it was called Speak Chinese or Die, which was like a car sick car side project band. Um, but it was, a, yeah, it was a, a really fun tour. Nice. Who put out the record? Someone over there. Uh, it's on, uh, no, no. War, Wharf Cat, okay. which are some, some New York City dudes. Well, that's awesome. Uh, yeah. Nice. Yeah, I look forward to both of you guys' lists. They're both. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm working on it. Bro, well, Chris, they, Chris also does a, a ridiculous one every year, too. Yeah, but Dave, yeah. Dave's more immersed. Like, I, I thank you. I accept that compliment. I appreciate that. But uh, Dave's is more. Your Dave has more boots on the ground. He's in the cultural hotbed. So but you have more boots and shoes. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah, true. No debate there at all. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I have, uh, and yeah, no, yeah, absolutely correct. But also, um, you also <laughs> do like a, a very intense like knockout system and round where it's like. Your like jock side enters into your music side when it comes down to the year end lists. Yeah, I, I'm more like, yeah, my mine is more not just music. Yes, but you also so, handle it like you handle it like someone would be handling like fantasy baseball or football or something. <laughs> like there's like knockout rounds and like yeah, I'll take that. records yeah, will yeah, take true, out certain true. records and like lists true. get revised and things like that. Yeah, that is true. That is true. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that is true. But I, I, I'm trying to, I, I'm shouting out Dave Martin here because Dave Martin, I have a few people that I kind of turn to for like the deepest new jams. And Dave is one of the people I look toward. Oh, definitely. Uh, focally to see what's really kind of popping in, in it for the, for the real discerning folks like myself. Now that I've just yeah. given up on being in touch with what's actually happening. Um, I just kind of look at the year-end time as a, a great moment to catch up with what happened the last year that I missed. 
But I mean, yeah, it's, it's always it's always good to have like a man in their fifties just be like, "What are the kids into?" <laughs> yes. <laughs> so here's a question, though. So um, I guess the song isn't even new. Maybe it was because it was like one of those Adult Swim songs. But there was that new Power Trip song that went up on. They're, they're like, "It's a Hornets streaming." Sir. Yeah, oh. and then and then it's then it was gone. It was taken down from streaming services. Is it still on Bandcamp? I'm it is, and I bought it today because I was uh, like, I had like listened to it a bunch, and I was like, I love this song. It's great. Can't wait for that new record. And um, and then it was gone, and I was like, where to go? And it's just, you know. But then I saw it was on Bandcamp, so I bought it today. So, but what's up with that? I Who think probably that? they have streaming rights, right? Like that would make sense. Like if they paid for it, I imagine they'd have some sort well, of streaming rights for it, and probably were like, "Well, yeah." But I would just think that a band at their level, like that sort of stuff, um, gets know, taken care of. Yeah, it gets t- taken care of. Somebody's like worrying about that, and like you know, and obviously it was probably windowed. It was like you know, uh, uh, you know, an Adult Swim thing for a certain window of time, and. And then it was like, okay, have at it. Here's the, here's the song. And Are like, those songs window but, though? Because like I I like you know I don't maybe not maybe that yeah. maybe they just felt that it was and maybe we shouldn't have said it was on, still on Bandcamp. I don't know. Yeah, like I think I think I like I'm sure it'll get figured out. You know, but I think I wonder like especially when you do a song for someone or with a company, it just it's just there's so many. You know, there's, that's, I guess that's why there's music lawyers to do yeah. all that stuff. Yeah. Well, uh, do you know? I mean, are they still in a contract with Southern Lord? Will the next record be on Southern Lord, or are they? Um, I have to say, uh, on Twitter, it seemed like Riley was. Um, it, 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 he made a vague reference that seemed like no, they were not on Southern Lord anymore. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, yeah. I think that I think they might be free and clear now to do what they want. Um, but yeah, who knows? Like, it's such a, uh, it's a, it's, a, it's such a, like the weirdest side of the music industry is that the actual industry side of it. Yeah. I, I have, a, I have a question collectively for, for all, all of you, cause I think it, both being in bands and then, then even working on the label side of things, do you think in this present day and age right now, like specifically let's use power trip. So, Power Trip scenario to me, looking from the outside in, is going okay. They're large to a degree that um, the, they could make a pretty major jump. Not that the Southern Lord one wasn't a big jump, but let's just say they could make clearly a bigger jump than that. Uh, so the option now is to do that or perhaps go it on their own, maybe in this sort of new media landscape. Do you think that position to be in? is trickier than being like a band starting out now and trying to crack anybody's attention? Or do you think the, where power trip is that, that trick of like, what do you think, which move do you think is more detrimental to a band or, or more important is a band an early stage or what, what this power trip move will be? Um, I mean, you can go first, Dave. Well, I'm going to uh, like, honestly, uh, I'm looking at their, you know, like just when you look at Spotify and you see they give you like the five tracks and they tell you how many they've streamed. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, they're all like super impressive numbers uh, until you start breaking that down in terms of money. Yeah. Um, so, 
I it wouldn't be like I wouldn't them just deciding to be their you know the, the, do their own you know put out their own records or whatever is not a crazy option because you know they probably are at the point where they can get you know like they can get records made and sell those records and and every you know like all the stores that carry their records now are still going to find them and stock them and all that sort of stuff yeah. and then if they can get a bigger share of that streaming money um mm-hmm. you know that that would make a huge difference i think i mean just to me it seems like it would be easier to be on a label because otherwise It'd be one thing if you're like a mid-tier band, you can kind of do your own thing. But I feel like you almost need to have like staffing to handle. They would probably no. They would have to uh, either if you know, like somebody in the band would have to really care about it, or they would have to create a job for somebody. You know, and then at some point, you know, you're like, well, like maybe that's. You know the the money that they would be paying somebody, maybe that's like a record label's cut anyway. So those are you know there's a ton of bands of their level that are trying to grapple with those those issues right now. Yeah, because that, that's and obviously the way it's presented is that bands don't need a label, but what that means is bands need a support staff and and they need to actually then become a corporation that pays people. And all that sort of stuff, which is maybe also not what they want to do. And yeah. when they think about it, they're like, "Oh, yeah, that is what a record label does." Well, yeah, I, and, and also, I would, I, yeah, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, ahead. like, the, in, in like, never get it twisted. Like, uh, a major label that's behind a band, like, nothing is more powerful. Like, look at how big the Arcade Fire were when they were on Merge. But as soon as they leveled up to be just Sony proper. They had a fucking TV special on after Saturday Night Live, right? Like these. Yeah, but it didn't make a difference. But See, no, I, but I, still, I, like I'm ready to debunk that. But I think like it might not have made a difference in record well, sales, yeah. but it made I them mean, a mainstream yeah. act. Yeah, the only thing that made them a mainstream act was the strength of their indie releases, um, and you know, obviously, they used that major label muscle to make that happen. But you know, that was like, I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm just, you know, also, like, can't stand them and, and you know. <laughs> I, I, they might, I, I mean, I don't... You're disparaging I, I one mean, of our greatest exports. Cool. <laughs> I, I don't think that Power Trip should go to, like, oh, no, this, this full length will now be on, you know, locking out. Like, I, I mean, I think they need to stay with a big gun type label, but I, I don't know... I mean... I mean, I don't know. I mean, and I don't know that metal too, metal right? fans are as finicky as hardcore fans, and as long as they can get it, so as long as they're on a Southern Lord or a Relapse or something else, you know, big, um, that they'll have the distribution that they could be wherever they need to be. Yeah. Um, versus if they go to a Sony type situation, you know, Electra or whatever heavy metal band signed to, um, that you'd lose your underground audience. You may not. I mean, I don't know, but I, 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 I think that self-releasing ultimately would just be such. I think when when you're at that kind of level, it becomes more of a pain in the ass than freedom. Yeah. And I think you 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 would have. It would be hard to still get on big tours and do everything if you're also having to like, without having like you're you're just going to need to get like a 
a distribution deal through a major label anyway, you might as well just be on that label and not have to do all the other stuff. Or you just get that management deal, right? You get Q Prime to take care of you, and that's like they they make their artists into big stars. Like they, you know, look what they did with that Volbeat band and obviously Metallica and like... You know, like they, you know, like the, a management company could also kind of be the move. And then, you know, they're helping you out too. But it's just, once again, like there's no right or wrong move because there's no sure-fired way that your band's going to be successful. Like I think other than, you know, keep writing songs that people like and yeah. hopefully your audience finds you. But, you know, I've been in so many weird situations with people in in music telling me that like oh you're you're gonna be huge and it's like there's no way there's no way that's gonna happen right but then but then you look at some artists that that like Alexa on fire like who would ever thought that that would have happened yeah i get you i get you the thing is a band like power trip is still a crossover band so it's only so huge that'll never get I mean, obviously, there's like Metallica, but then the, the the trickle down from the next, the second biggest heavy metal band below Metallica is is far. Oh, Slipknot, Tool. Yeah, I get. But I mean, Slayer. Tools is definitely more commercial. I mean, I can't name a second Tool song. I cannot. Yeah, sober. <laughs> that's it, right? I, I'm being like, oh, Tool, <laughs> that one song from 1991 that I know. Yeah. Um, yeah, but, and like I also don't know what Slipknot sound like. Slipknot have that song that's like super sick, where it's like, and I you don't close know what the, my eyes, I'll slip it away. You don't know what the Rev Slipknot sounds like, Dave? <laughs> oh yeah, the Rev, the, the real I, Slipknot. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I celebrate both the inside outs, but you know, I don't know that I, I celebrate both slip both yeah. Slipknots. I, I um, Orthodox Slipknot only. Yeah, but I do. I do think the other Slipknot has some jams. And why? But I mean, I'm someone who isn't. I'm not like a metalhead, but like my 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 fingers on that pulse, you know, next to the gauntlet. And uh, I I don't know that I've ever heard the other Slipknot. So it's like it's not in your face the way Metallica is to say like, you know, I I mean, Slipknot are, are, are are living very comfortably. But uh, yeah, like, it's, dude, it's I think not, they, had, they yeah. had a number one record. Like, that thing was, like, number one on the Billboard charts. Their last record. Yeah. Slip, Slipknot, though, like, I mean, I don't know. I don't like them musically from whatever I've heard. But I will say Slipknot was just, like, the next Marilyn Manson or something. It was just, like, you know, it occupied that void for angry, you know, teenagers or something. Like, they're, like, they're check, playing, I'm, like, they're on an Australian tour right now, and it's all stadiums. All huge stadiums. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're, I mean, they're, I've well, technically... That, heard them because I listened to them once to see what they sounded like when I first got Spotify. Yeah. And then it was like a big suggest, like it was like all of my, it was really screwed up my algorithm. <laughs> like, no, I, I don't need this again. I was just really curious what it sounded like once, you know, like this is not easy going. Like, he goes, Dave, you have bad taste here. Yeah, Check just, out this stuff. Yeah. Oh, I see you like Slipknot. How about you like this? Do you like Stone Sour? No, I don't. <laughs> yeah. Well, they said that they, they well, their new record, which has just come out, um, they describe as uh, it's a masterpiece. <laughs> All right, cool. I guess album. I'll throw that on the playlist for tomorrow. It's a masterpiece. <laughs> so, uh, based uh, to digress from Slipknot, if we might, if we may, mm-hmm. uh, I have a follow-up hot take slash question. 
which mm-hmm. is it was Damien's previous uh, theory that in the present day, another Fugazi cannot exist, given the current uh, way that music operates as an industry. That it's too it's too difficult to have that infrastructure the way Fugazi did these days without some kind of uh, well, money interest. I just don't so think it's not that similar so, to Fugazi. I don't mean Slipknot. I'm talking with regard. <laughs> so, so wait in in your bizarre uh, fantasy, um, is the is this band going to put their music on uh, Spotify, Amazon Music, uh, the, Apple Music, this, all the streaming, the major streaming services, or well, are they can they are they just limited to Bandcamp? Well, that's my argument well, that there's no this, way to people consume yeah. your music now without yes. you being involved with the corporation like even fugazi well i mean but do you like are you including Bandcamp in that corporation i would I, i'm just saying Who like Bandcamp. well because like to that, get um, access like that dude uh, uh ethan somebody ethan okay. diamond or something I mean, he's a person that you meet, and, you know. It's like, but, are they, but are they, I guess. But I don't, I don't. I don't know. Like, I don't know how their company is structured. If it has, you know, all that sort of stuff. But yeah, he's just like, just it's just a guy. My, okay. my question, though, my question is this, though. So, based on taking that logic, is it now that we have to even go one step further and go? Not only, perhaps, could there not be another Fugazi in that capacity? But using the power trip, like what do power trip do? Do they make say the quote unquote like tragedy move, do it all on their own and all that? And I realize they're a larger scale than tragedy, so this is already kind of a moot point. But say they they then did a tragedy move right now. Is it is it even possible to do the tragedy thing in twenty nineteen anymore as a large scale indie hardcore punk band or a crossover band, whatever? I mean, tragedy is a good example because, for the most part, they self-released all their records. I mean, yeah. they were, you know, through Ebullition or whatever, who did the, you know, the 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 work. So as far as putting them together and mailing them out and stuff. Yeah. Um, but tragedy, you know, kind of do it. But yeah, but I mean, that's the thing. Is do you want to be as big as tragedy? I mean, tragedy are you know they're going to tour and they're going to do well. And they're gonna, you know, get paid, but they're not like. Then they all go back to work, you know. Yeah, they, they all they, have jobs. They, they also they sell through like four thousand copies of that record themselves, you know, like. Oh yeah. They. Oh, yeah, I mean, they're they're doing great, but they're, they're not doing like buy a house great. No, Fugazi, and that's the thing is also I think, you know, like look at the media landscape now too, right? Like an artist like Ghostmane, he's got ten million plays for some of his songs, more, right? Probably more, way more, probably in some cases. But at the same time, you know, he's not a household name for for music fans in the same way that Fugazi was selling. You know, I think comparable amounts of CDs back then, just because the it's such a fractured media landscape now. And that's, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, maybe it made more sense when we were like children, but like the idea of like making it. You know, like you, you know, when you were in high school, the bands that were big bands, like they, you know, like your regular norms, also knew what those things were because they're household names. Mm-hmm. And like, 
as much as there are certain things that are like gigantic in the indie world, you go talk to like your coworker, they'll have, unless they're Dave Martin's coworkers. Like if you go talk, <laughs> yeah. you go talk to your coworker, they're going to be like, I don't know what any of that is. Yeah. yeah. It's like, Oh, this thing has 90,000 plays, monthly plays on Spotify. Hmm. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. It doesn't mean a thing to them. No, because there's also stuff that has like, like a hundred million plays on Spotify. That means nothing to, anyone outside of the fans who are just like crazy for it. Like, you know, we did that song with Denzel Curry, uh, mm-hmm. last year and it came out and we're at, uh, I was at that dinosaur junior summer camp and I was like to jam like, Oh, we had the song come out with Denzel Curry. He's like, who the hell is that? And then his, I'm like, watch this. And his, why did you say it with such enthusiasm? Yeah. And Jay's kid, <laughs> Jay's kid walks by and I'm like, yo, guess what? We just did a song with Denzel Curry. And he's like, what? Oh my God. Oh, that's crazy. And like all of a sudden it was like, oh yeah. Cause it's just like you, it's now things are huge, but to just small sectors that are almost like completely independent from each other. I just, I too have no idea who that is. So I feel good about that. Denzel Curry's like a, a huge star at this yeah, point. No, like, no idea. I just like literally when you mention that, I'm like, I don't know who this is, but, but yeah. yeah, no, it's definitely like someone else. And it's also like, it's funny. Cause like you're someone who likes rap and listens to, to rap music, right? Like, so it's, yeah, it just shows how big this yep. landscape is, you know, like that there's, there's artists that are huge, massive stars and just don't have that impact on someone that's even like paying attention to that world. Yeah. I, I, that's a valid point for sure. I, I do find that myself. Like I couldn't tell you this is a random example. Cause it's not really rap or whatever, I suppose. But like I have no idea what like Post Malone sounds like at all. I couldn't tell you. I know that he's like an eyesore to look at, but I have no idea. So when you went to the Post Malone uh, Justin Bieber tour, did you just get there late? <laughs> yes, exactly. Well, you know, it comes out, all comes back to Power Trip because you know who Post Malone reps all the time. Uh, yeah, yes, Power Trip. Power Trip, buddy. There's a there's a song, uh, Jackie Chan or Kick It Jackie Chan, maybe it's called. I don't know. Yeah. If you search Post Malone Jackie Chan, you'll find the song. Yeah. Um, I know they play it all the time at my gym. It's it's very catchy. <laughs> I, I've I've put it on at home. It's 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 a fine song. Um, I have I, I tried to like put on the whole album. It's just like it's got one of the dumbest lines ever though. When it's like I just bought sushi from Japan, like it's not going <laughs> to taste good by the time it gets to you. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it will. There's no. My way. point though is that this is a relatively like household name, and I have no idea, you know, at all really what it's. No, like. I mean, in 2019, I heard the song Umbrella for the first time. <laughs> True, you did mention that. That's right. Yeah, so it's like I, I mean, we, <laughs> like that's that's just how the world works. Sometimes you just don't know what things sound like. Uh, I mean, to go back to to dive, you know, that's a thing that like I don't know that a single person at my job's ever heard of them. But like, you know, they have they 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 tour. There's a lot of people that go. They have a, a, a comical. I have tons of monthly listeners. But it's like, you know, because I try to get someone to go with me to that show. And then he's like, oh, I have plans. And he's like, hit me up later. He's like, hey, that band's really good. I'm like, yeah, you know, I didn't try to make you go see something stupid. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, you know, it's it's one of those things where it's just like, that's, I mean, as much as like they might be gigantic in New York or in L.A. And, the, you know, a few a few other places like y- your cousin doesn't know who they are, you know that that's that's the the thing with like 
the bubble of being big and and power trip. I mean, I think in you know, I think it, you're more likely that that something that's more like mellow and easy listening, I think, will be bigger than you know th- than Crossbreaker. Oh yeah, I agree, definitely. But I think metal metal is huge, though. You know what I mean? So it's like I feel like there is. I feel like their wider appeal is because that genre is so popular in a certain regard, right? Like, it's not like... It's so popular, but it's also a, a fan base that spends money. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. And I think it, I, I think it's popular, but it's nowhere. Like, look at Alexa on Fire versus Dallas Green. Like, City in Color is fucking ginormous, you know, in a way that Alexa on Fire can't, won't be. Because, yeah, like, soft music can mainstream. Well, I mean, and, and, but the thing with the, as a, you know, just to like, with with metal, they're gonna buy tons of your merch. They're gonna buy physical copies. They're gonna, they don't. It's it's not a thing based in like DIY. So yeah. you're never gonna have your. Well, I mean, it is if you really want to get into that whole conversation. But like, it, in 2019, it's not. So there's no no one's gonna like scoff at paying 25 bucks to get in. No one's gonna think twice about buying a 30 dollar t shirt. You know, no one's just sitting there trying to get it everything for free the way I think so much of like punk music and indie music is yeah. in greats uh, like us. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, I, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I like it. We don't, free, we also don't need like eight color screen t-shirts though too. Right, Dave. So that's the other trick. I mean, one, one color black and white. There you go. Not the, anymore. The, the, the Post COVID. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, I don't know. It's a whole, it's the the whole like what is big i mean i don't know i mean you couldn't do a fugazi unless you were happy with being i mean as big as you you couldn't take over the world but also your random cousin didn't know who fugazi were when they were a band probably well fugazi would show up on the billboard charts right and like they would be like out charting like rolling stones record some months and stuff right like if you were dialed into music, you would have heard of them. Whereas, like, here's, like, here, uh, Denzel Curry, one of his songs is 125 million plays. And Chris, you know, a rap fan, hadn't heard of them. Yeah. I mean, yeah, but I don't know. I think, you know, uh, there's just so much more these days. I don't know if you can really compare it in those ways. Um, because, really, I think if, you know, like, you know, lots of people know who Denzel Curry is. Um, you know, and he's like, he can fill rooms all over the place and all that sort of stuff. So I don't know. I I just don't think you like, you can't make the comparison because times have just, you know, things have evolved, um, or devolved. Um, and so it's just not, you can't really, it's hard. yeah, I, I, I don't know. Things have changed, it's, it's, but it's funny because, like, you couldn't... Let's say someone's trying to do Turn It a Punk 20 years from now, you know? <laughs> like, if I say Fugazi to any single person that comes on the show, that they not only know who I'm talking about, they have a relationship to it, right? Yeah. Like, immediately. And and I don't think that happens in the same way now, right? Like, if I said the Menzingers to someone... You know, and then I said uh, waves to someone else, and I said trash talk to someone else, and I said uh, haram to someone else. Like every single person, like you know, like those people might not know at all that the other bands exist. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's just you know, um, everyone's dialed their their tastes into 
you know, pretty specific niches, and uh, that's what we have now. Yeah, and like, and so I'm just, I don't think there could be a groundswell. Like in the same way, there can't be another Nirvana, there can't be another Fugazi, right? Because it takes, it takes like everyone kind of coming together to make it happen, right? Like it takes everyone across the spectrum of indie rock and well, punk rock to be like this band's great to make them millionaires. Yeah, huh? but there could. I, I mean, you don't think that there could be some sort of weird, like almost Old Town Road esque you know, thing where some band just has a song that people decide they love. And all of a sudden, like this band is now famous. Absolutely. Yeah. But, you know? but like, but old town road didn't happen on, you know, self-produced t-shirt sales and self-produced record sales and like $5 shows. Like it happened because it went viral on these platforms that we all need to use multinational corporations to have access to and that are run by multinational corporations. Like, you just... Well, yeah, but, but, you know, I mean, is it any different than, like, you were listening to a corporate radio station when you heard these bands? I didn't you know, hear, in the past? You, you didn't hear not, Fugazi. Not Fugazi, but, you know, like, like a Nirvana or something. Um, so, you know, and the only reason Fugazi weren't on these stations is because they didn't want to be. Exactly, that's what yeah. I'm saying. Like, you yeah. can't opt out now. Like, you have to... You know, like Chance the Rapper is is someone who everyone says is an independent artist, right? When and he has definitely had a lot of success without any help of a label. But at the same time, like you know, there he's he's sponsored by a lot of companies. You know, like it's, yeah. it's just the models change so much. Like the idea of like what it what it was to be a DIY band like that that can't work now. I don't know. I, I mean, I still think that, you know, if a band, if all the man, band members were on the same page of like, this is how we're going to release our music. These are our lists of like do's and don'ts. Um, and, you know, they could they could become, you know, extremely popular. Yeah, extremely popular, you know? but not Fugazi. Well, like, <laughs> that's the thing, Dave, like, like, I, I don't think there could be. A band that's like, you know, that I, I sit down with MVP and he's got some story about being thrown out of their show for moshing. And I sit down with Jamie Haper and he's talking about how they inspired him because he didn't like their band at all, you know? And like, but then I'm also talking to like Walter Schreifels and he's talking about how it changed his life when he heard it, you know? Like, it's just like, it impacts everyone. I could bring that band up to anyone. Jack Black, I brought it up to him and he knew about it. Yeah, but I mean, it's such a loaded question. I mean, you're talking about people from that band, you know, um, at the genesis of what is hardcore and all that sort of stuff. So it's, it, it's, uh, I that's what I'm saying. There can't be another one. Well, I guess you're right. <laughs> there it is. Oh, well, maybe, but, what, maybe. but what you've made me do, Damien, is now look at billboard.com. Like what, what is on <laughs> billboard charts right now? And if you look at the billboard 100 artists, there's still things like the fucking Beatles on there. Oh yeah. Um, you know, and like there's things like, oh, Maroon 5 have been on there for 277 weeks. Yeah. Queen. Like, it's it, the list is so stupid. Yeah. No, I'm not I'm not talking about billboard charts. Because, um, like, you know, like it's I'm, – I'm talking about, like, you know, like the, the metrics that I think are reflective about how popular an artist is, which pretty – you know, not saying that Spotify is the only way people consume music now at all, but, like, it certainly is sort of a mainstream way people consume music. So if you look at those numbers, I think it's reflective of how big an artist is normally. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, 
I, I get it. I mean, I, I think that most your people use it, you know, like you're, you're, it's one of the, I don't think it's like a, an underground thing. No, you know, I feel like Bohemian Rhapsody is the most uh, played song ever on it. Apparently now. Yeah. On, uh, yeah. They, they made, they made, uh, it's been played like a billion times and they made like a million dollars or $10 million. We, we'll have to see how it's doing on Pono or whatever uh, Neil Young's streaming service <laughs> is that was. Is still going? Or, I, I, I don't, don't think, think so. I think he gave up. There is a new high-res streaming service called Cobuzz that I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't think Neil Young is involved at all. But it, it is high-res streaming. CD-quality streaming. Did you read cool. his book? Or better. No. His book's incredible. It's like all about that streaming service and all about like it's just about products he's launching. Like I'm like, when did you guys start talking about hanging out with Charles Manson? He just did a new document. There's just a documentary on the new record that my friend saw. This is great. But he's also like a complete Neil Young like freak. So I don't know that it's like a a, a biased uh, answer. Or an unbiased answer, really. It's 100% a very biased answer. Did you see he endorsed the Green Party in Canada and people were chirping at, like, the, first, the person that who runs the Green Party in Canada retweeted his endorsement and it was all these people being like, he's not even fucking Canadian. He left here when he was 19 years old, never came back. Like, oh, what the fuck does he know? Where does he live now? Does he does he not live in Canada still? No, he lives in California. Is he, he doesn't have his ranch with the old man still? He might have some property here, but I think the, the yeah. people in here, people obviously love him here, but there's also a contingent of people that are like, he left here and never came back. Yeah, they just felt helpless, helpless, helpless after that, I'm sure. Well, I tell you, 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 like, you, you leave Australia as an Australian person, you leave Canada as a Canadian person and make it, we, we never forgive. Yeah. That's why they love Drake so much here. Yeah, he's still there, right? He still reps it, you know, super hard. You know. But wow. You believe that they get mad. You know. Well, well I, you know, we just went on a real good tangent about... Yeah, yeah we got really shit. far with all this. Um, with the, with the, the Hornet tax. <laughs> yeah. What I'm saying is that song's great and everyone should listen to it. Yeah, I, I also really like it. Uh, they're, they're about to do a, a U.S. tour with High on Fire, so they'll be playing probably near you. Yeah, uh, I think so. Listener, I love that band. Like some, uh, what a I'm not, I'm not well, High on Fire is great, but I mean like Power Trip. Like what a collection of awesome people to hang out with. Yeah, I'll, I'll go see them on this tour for sure. Yeah, and that, I think no matter what they do, they're going to keep writing those good songs, and so. You know, I'm I'm excited to see what happens for them. You know, like I think they are, they're a band that you know does a style of music where they are capable of crossing over to another world. Like it could, there's like that whole other world of metal things, like opening for High on Fire and like, you know, like that's that's like a different side of the music industry from like you know what the tragedies of the world are doing. I'm really curious also because in my head. They should be a bigger band than High on Fire, but I haven't yeah. seen High on Fire in a long time. So High on Fire is huge, huge. Are they really? That's yeah. Wild. Like, they're a great band. I just would have. I'm with David up here. I would just would have thought Power Trip would have been more popular in 2019. I guess I'm wrong. And I think Matt Pike's almost transitioned to like, like the Shane McGowan of metal. 
<laughs> gotcha. Like people just like he's just such a beloved kind of like because of obviously sleep and but just you know just like such a beloved character within that world that uh yeah i think i think they're still pretty huge hold on i want to see something they both um so high on fire has 112 684 monthly listeners power trip 112 789 monthly listeners (laughs) (laughs) but i think i think the one thing that we should have adjusted for with spotify and stuff is old bands don't register as much as new bands and i would say that high on fire probably has a uh a a quotient of hash smoking cd listening fans yeah big apple music base yeah big apple music base people that are like you know i already i already converted from vinyl to cd and cd is a superior sound quality format so i'm gonna (laughs) keep going and they would like the people that come up to your merch table like do you have your cd do you have this on cd do you guys bring cds (laughs) Oh, you guys got to keep making CDs, oh, man. They got stuck at the border. Uh, sorry. Yeah. Are they the people that thank you for making CDs when you do have CDs? Like, oh, thank you for still doing CDs. Well, yeah. When I was selling, this is selling merch for Nightbirds and people were buying CDs. I was like, oh, what a, what a country. This is yep. crazy. Yeah. Yep. There are CD buyers out there. CD characters. <laughs> All right. Someone's got to do it. Yeah. And yeah. Pa- I mean, with Power Trip, I also like the second LP more than I like the first LP and like I like the first LP more than I like their their earlier material like I they're I keep liking their material more yeah uh, I would say the same they keep getting better yeah so I'm like I'm, I'm like Fugazi new record yeah yeah exactly. just like Fugazi <laughs> yeah their new material it's pretty hard to find because they're not on any <laughs> streaming services but uh <laughs> yeah. first album it. only fuck Fugazi yeah. I mean, I couldn't tell you the last time I listened to Fugazi. Like, I uh, think we should I, say for the listeners that's a quote Damien saying. Yeah, that's a quote. Yeah, <laughs> that's the George. Pettit, that's on the George Pettit Part Two podcast where he fucks up telling that story. One of my favorite stories of all time, and he fucks up the telling of it. But, but anyway, sorry, I'm smoking no. weed and digressing over here. Well, I mean, that's that's just what what we come here for. Exactly. For, the, for, the, for for weed and digression. Come for the punk conversations. Stand for stay for the digressions and the exhales. Yeah. I mean, but the, I'll I'll be at the uh, the the New Jersey uh, Power Trip High and Fire show because I'll be visiting my family. So I'll I'll see Power Trip outside of the, uh, the the confines of Texas. We'll tell them we all say hello, and we're all rooting for them, and are excited to find out what their next business decision is. Yeah. That's all yeah. I had to add. <laughs> <laughs> uh, should we call it a night? We've been, this has been a long show. Sure. Well, yeah, sure. we, I don't think we even talked about anything specifically at all. No, we didn't. Um, so we'll have to do another one and we should also crack one with that mailbag next time too. Which, uh, we yeah, have we'll one. have, we'll need more prep for that though. Okay. Well, let, let's try and do one of these again. Sometime soon. Uh, thank thank you all for coming and hanging out tonight. Oh, of course, anytime. Thanks, thanks for having me. And uh, we'll do what we'll definitely do a year end show and maybe a, another show again soon. Thank you everyone for listening. And remember, how do they get in touch with us, Chris? What's the best way to send an email? 
turnitapunkfootnotes at gmail.com. And you know what we like to talk about, generally just about anything. So just write us about anything and we'll discuss it. <laughs> we didn't even get to talk about uh, the kill by death Canadian election connection. You know? <laughs> okay. Uh, did you hear about this, guys? No. no. Uh, Warren Kinsella from the band The Hot Nasties, an ugly pop recording artist, became a uh, hot button issue in the final days of the election when it was revealed that his firm had been hired to dig up dirt about the extreme right wing party in Canada for the Conservative Party of Canada, which is like the slightly less extreme right wing party, but right wing party in Canada. <laughs> So there you go. Ugly Pop Records entered the election su- news cycle towards the end of the the election in Canada, and uh, it became a big big deal. They they actually brought up uh, Warren Kinsella's name in a press conference, and they were like, you know, did you employ this man? And the uh, Sheer, who was running for the Conservative uh, leadership as Prime Minister position, or he was the Conservative leader, was like, he I do not comment on vendors whether or not we are working with certain vendors so there you go kill by death connection it all comes back to punk always well i'm sure the 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 fine folks at red rum records would be very excited that all this stuff is coming back around (laughs) i don't think they're actually on a kill by death proper they might be on a bloodstains across canada and they might also be on well i know they're definitely on a smash the state comp but Mm-hmm. If you have not heard it, that song Secret of Immortality, which was reissued by Ugly Pop Records as a 7-inch, is one of the best Canadian songs ever. Not even just punk. Canadian songs ever. Well, that's a, that's a tall one. I'm putting it all... And I'm putting Ryan... I'm putting Brian Adams on that list. I'm putting Avril Lavigne <laughs> on that list, you know? And I'm saying this is better. Nickelback's on the fucking list. And this is better. <laughs> <laughs> this is better way better and then also we had um in unfortunately andrew cash did not win who was running in my riding but he was in the band l'estranger which have a you know bunch of uh, truthfully speaking new wave records but uh there's a song called barricades that's pretty sick on the first 12 inch and his politics are, are way cooler so Another kind of kill by death connection, the Canadian election. <laughs> Who knew? Who knew? <laughs> yeah. you know, now you guys got something to share with people in your lives, you know, like a little fun fact. Yeah, yeah, well, you know, because we're always talking about politics elsewhere. Talking about Canadian politics, avoid, right? Yeah. Avoid talking about our own. You guys, it's yeah. like it's the exact same thing in America as it is in Canada, right? You guys talk about. Oh, Trudeau and just all the shit Trudeau's doing and, and like, uh, you know, it's the same thing, right? Yeah, I mean. You're just obsessed he, with us. I mean, I just like to, the thing is with Trudeau that I just like to, maybe it's just a big Canadian thing that you just have a period of time and you just get right into taking uh, boats places. Um, as as was uh, like Jonah. fucked up alumni Jonah, <laughs> yeah. um, just, just having a big kayaking phase or whatever. Uh, I think it would be amazing if, if in a post Drake world, uh, everyone in America just got obsessed with Canadian politics. Like it became. I mean, I think there was a, the a cool laugh thing. tonight on it, uh, as far as like one of those deep dives on Canadian politics. There's like a lot of Canada references on this season of Big Mouth. 
I listened to this. I saw a thing on it. So I was wondering if it was last week tonight or whether it was on like a different like political podcast where they kind of went it. But I, I did see a thing on the Canadian election. It's uh, you know, it was it was uh, exciting for a moment there. Yeah. (laughs) And then now it's just back to like whatever. More of the same. Yeah. No. No more kill by death mentions in the news cycle. (laughs) Speaking of which, you were signing off, Damien. (laughs) Yeah. Well, no, but I just want to go back to talking about. (laughs) I thought this was going to spur on a bunch of new conversations. We could talk about. president punk in america but no all right thanks for listening everyone